You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey friends, this is episode number 62 of Life Repurposed, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Last week, I talked about blue light specials and talked about living on a frugal budget, making our own clothes, some of those things. I'd like to continue that conversation just a bit this week as I talk about something else from childhood that you might be able to relate to. Growing up, I learned that we had to wear it out or outgrow something before we bought a new one. When I was in elementary school, I was hard on boots. Actually, I think I was hard on everything. But sometimes my boots were hand-me-downs that I already had somewhere. So by the time I got them, they weren't so great. Like those little wool liners and the snow boots had some tears and rips and stuff in them. And then when the soles started cracking, the moisture from snow would melt in the slushy puddles and stuff on the playground. It would seep inside my boots and it would just squish around in those woolen liners in the boots. I know I wasn't the only one who left socks with a drippy trail from the coat rack to my desk. Do you remember elementary school? The slippery, slidey little tracks on on the floor. And can you also remember back to the wet sock smell that permeated the classroom after recess? Yeah, I'm just sort of getting grossed out even thinking about it. But my boots were really, really worn, but not considered worn out. There was a way that we could fix our boots so that we could wear them a little bit longer because, like many mothers, mine was frugal, and so I wasn't the only kid who had this. She sent us to school with used bread bags on our feet, and we'd slip them over our dry socks and then slide them inside the boots. And then after recess, our socks were still dry, even though the liners of the boots were still wet and very stinky. But those slippery bread bags made it easier to put boots on, especially if your boots were getting a little bit too small for you as well. You could wedge your foot right in there. I first talked about this in my book, The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, and I had some people write to me and say, yeah, I had the same thing. We did that when we went to school. So I mentioned in the last episode in this one that I learned ways of being frugal from my mom, and I didn't really know extreme frugality until I met my mother-in-law. Now, I'm recording this on the 15-year anniversary of when she passed away from cancer, so I want this to be a little tribute to Joy as I think about what it's like to live um, in extreme frugality. She grew up knowing how to live on a budget, and she taught my kids how to extreme coupon. And she would go to Walgreens and she would go to the home improvement store, places that had this rebate program. And she would figure out ways of using a coupon on something and also getting the rebate back. And so a lot of times, whether it was grocery shopping or the pharmacy or whatever, she could actually get a lot of things for free. So she would stop at all these different stores when she was out shopping and she'd go to one to get her milk card punched and another one had the best price on something else. And then she would go get her shampoo and all these things practically free, if not free. Sometimes I think Walgreens actually paid her to take things off their shelves because she got so much back in her rebates. So her extreme frugality included a basement full of stuff. It looked like a little store down there where she had shelves 
and she just bought things because they were free with a rebate. So it's just like the people you see on Extreme Couponing where they have shelves and shelves of things. So we could go shopping literally on her shelves and just get things that we needed. And she was a pale-skinned Caucasian woman, but in her basement stash, she had pantyhose for people of all shades and ethnic backgrounds because they were free, and sometimes they didn't have the shade of color she wanted, but it was free, so she would get it, and she'd give it away to somebody else. She was generous. She had foundation makeup for brown skins and boxes of hair color for shades that she'd never use in a million years because the shelves were emptied of her favorite platinum color. It didn't matter. It was free. I laughed when I went through her shelves and saw some of the test market things she had. Like she had feminine supplies on the shelf and those never got used because she was already starting menopause, but she bought them anyway and gave them away to people who wanted them. Right next to that sat packages of Depends undergarments. And so it was sort of like she was caught in the in-between here of stocking up for someday and also having things that she would never use. When asked about her strange collection of freebies, she would sometimes say to people, well, you never know. And there she was with lots and lots of supplies, and she was a very generous person. We weren't sure what she planned to do with the 15 tape measures and all of the screwdrivers and hammers that were free at the home improvement store, or the 20 packages of light bulbs that didn't go to any fixtures in her house. But for years, we didn't have to buy shampoo or lotion or shaving cream or toothbrushes. We just went down her basement and picked what we wanted. For us, frugality sprung out of necessity. The money simply wasn't there to pay full price for name brand clothing or household appliances that would only be used a couple of times a year. And so getting something at the Goodwill or getting it for a better price or a garage sale, that kind of thing, was important. And it wasn't that my mom or my grandmother or my mother-in-law or any of them had tons of money in their bank accounts either. So circumstances provided us with opportunities to bond over being frugal. My grandma and I bonded over going garage sailing. My mother-in-law and I bonded over going garage sailing. There were many times when my mother-in-law and I didn't see eye to eye on some things, but we could hop in the car and go garage sailing for a day and have a blast. It was something where we could forget about some of our differences and really just enjoy the day together, packing the car with little things that we would find. So I made plenty of memories with my mother-in-law. And I also made a lot of memories with my boys, just driving around, trying to navigate with a map or GPS or the newspaper and trying to find garage sales. They found books and video games and all kinds of things that they were looking for by shopping that way. So that's a little trip down memory lane for you. Let's talk about how that applies to our everyday life. There's a story in the Bible about a widow who made do, and she never ran out, and it's found in 1 Kings chapter 17. As this widow was gathering sticks to make a fire to bake bread from the last of her ingredients, a prophet named Elijah showed up hungry. This was in the midst of a severe famine, and so running out and using this to bake her last loaf of bread, essentially, she was expecting that she and her son We're going to cook the last of their food and then eventually die of hunger. And so in the midst of this famine, God tested her faith because this prophet showed up, a stranger to her, somebody she didn't know, and he asked her to bake that bread for him. And so he asked her to give the last of the food that she had 
When she obeyed, God worked a miracle by providing a never-ending supply during the rest of the famine. So she could go into her oil and go into her flour, and it just kept pouring out. It just kept coming out. I can say that over the years, as I've learned to make do, God has also supplied just what we needed. It isn't that I can remember having a milk jug that never ran out or anything like that, but he supplied in other creative ways. So somebody would drop off something I needed right at that time, or a check would arrive in the mail just when I needed something, or something was on sale just when we needed it. There were just so many different creative ways that he did that. And often he provided even more than we needed. I have a lot of nice things, and I have purchased things foolishly over the years that I never needed, and I've also passed up some things that I would never miss. So I have a balance of I made some smart purchases, I made some dumb purchases, and I can say that if I had been more frugal even yet, I would probably have a lot more money in the bank right now. But we all have to wrestle through that idea of what do I need and what do I want, and learning to trust God to provide for our needs. So the point of a life repurposed is that we aren't underprivileged when we learn to need less. It's the idea that I don't, I'm not feeling sorry for myself because I have less. I'm discovering I need less than I thought I did. So by someone else's standards, I actually live in abundance. And it's just a perspective change. This widow in the Bible story had to trust God when someone asked for the last of what she had. I've never been in that situation that I can think of. I've never had an almost empty pantry or an empty pantry and then someone asked for a last bite of food. I've never had that. But I have learned to trust God and have faith that he knows what I need and he will meet our needs. This widow had great faith to give her last to the prophet Elijah, and then God tested her faith again when her only son died. If you can imagine what it's like to go through a hardship and have God provide and then go through another unexpected one and wonder, what in the world is God doing? In this moment when her son died, God provided another miracle and the prophet Elijah was able to bring him back to life. Life repurposed happens when we live in an abundance mentality rather than a scarcity mentality. The mindset of abundance is possible when we have faith that God will be generous when we're generous with what he gives us. So what he's asking is for us to take the little and be generous with that. If we have a lot, be generous with that. Whatever it is, he's asking, will you give away and watch me also provide for your needs? It's been a long time since I put bread bags on my feet, but those memories will forever stay with me. It reminds me that God provides. This episode was inspired by chapter 10 in the Repurposed and Upcycled Life. These are some of the creative exercises that come from that chapter, so I wanted to share that with you as a resource. You'll find this at michellerayburn.com slash 62, where the show notes are, and you can get these resources and also get a link to where you can find the repurposed and upcycled life. When has God tested your faith through a difficult experience? Have you had times when you had one difficulty after another? Looking back now, see if you can spot some areas where God was at work that you couldn't see when you were in the middle of that. Maybe you can look back and say, yeah, he was there all along. 
something that we can do that helps us to change our perspective is to do some creative things that help us to notice where God is in the middle of things. One thing you might want to do is start a blessing basket. You could decorate it with ribbon or fabric. You could use a jar. You could do however you wanted to do it. A box. You could cover it in wrapping paper, scrapbook paper. But if you put some pretty paper in and have a basket, um, a pen by the basket, then you could use this as a place to write down whenever you or a family member thinks of a blessing. It could be big. It could be small. You write it on the paper and you put it in the basket. And then on a day when you're discouraged by the events that are out of your control and you're frustrated by circumstances, you can pull out and read some of the papers in the basket and you can remind yourself of how God has blessed you. This is just another speed bump in the road. Another thing you could try is a creative exercise of learning to live on less. Oftentimes we have more food on hand than we realize and our freezers are bulging and pantries are overflowing and yet we go to the grocery store and fill up our cart with what we think we need for a week. COVID-19 was actually an opportunity for us to practice using up some of the things in their cupboard. We were gone on a family getaway weekend when um, the announcement of quarantine hit and So while we were away up north at a resort with our kids doing a little weekend, the grocery stores were kind of wiped out of stuff. And so on our way home, we thought we would stop and get a few things, knowing that as of that night, we were going to have to stay home. But when we got to the grocery store, the shelves were pretty much empty. So we picked up a couple of things, but then just said, okay, we're going to go home and we're going to make do. Now, we do live near a gas station where I could just walk over and get milk. So that wasn't a big deal. But here's a challenge for you. Inventory your cupboards and the freezer and plan some meals for at least the next two weeks, maybe even a month if you have a big stash. And based only on what you already have on hand, see how many meals you can make. You might have to purchase maybe some milk or a few perishables. You could make this a family project and see how many adventuresome items your kids could come up with, perhaps an unusual breakfast or lunch choice based on what's available. So I encourage you to look for ways that you can practice either living on less, using what you have, being generous with other people, and really just discovering what it's like to live life repurposed. Thanks for listening this week, and I will see you, not literally, see you again next week when you tune in for another episode of Life Repurposed. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.